Hey, my sweet loves, this is Rowan Two Sisters, and I'm here with Katie Stanley, and we have three things to talk about today. One, next time we see each other, we're committing that we're getting facial tattoos. Two, we're talking about Katie's exploration of does she want to go into the birth work world, which of course I try and convince everybody. And then three, she just did this really great mixed art, um, or mixed, um, she did an art project that was photography and words. Um, talking about how it feels to be mixed during, uh, mixed biracial during uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and just in life in general. So just a little bit of background, Katie and I have known each other like social circles overlapping for maybe, um, I don't know, maybe 10 years almost, I don't, I don't even know. And then, uh, yeah, and then I had um, closed down my massage business to go back to school to be a midwife. And then I was like, oh shit, I need a place to work when I got a midwifery license and I needed some revenue while I built my midwifery practice and got hired on at the birth center. So I think, I don't forget what was going on with you. I think maybe you hurt your arm or something. And uh, so you came in and that was the first time we met each other, like in person. And then it was like, Ploom. it was yes. on, it was on. Yes. So, um, and that's an interesting practice because I have lots of, you know, like I'll see, you know, 20, 30 people a week. But I don't love every client like I love you, you know, like they don't become my friends and somebody I'm like, you know, I always want to be kind, but like, I don't, I don't love everybody like I love you. And it's so funny. Will you stand up and show the shirt that you're wearing right now? The <laughs> <laughs> it says, not a hugger, not a hugger. So this is. <laughs> Everyone gets the biggest hugs. <laughs> But you don't like really love people being up on you. And I don't really love people being up on me either, but we love being together. So it's just fun. So that's how we met. And uh, everybody on this platform knows who I am. So maybe share a little bit about yourself and uh, we can just take it from there. Cool. So Katie Stanley, um, previously in the Houston area, um, currently in Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, which has been an interesting, but so far really awesome uh, transition. Um, previous, the circles that we kind of ran together in, um, birth work, I was a doula for, um, a little bit of time, birth and sibling and postpartum doula. Um, yeah, art is another passion, has always been, I've been a tattoo artist, I've been painting, drawing for as long as I can remember. Um, mom and two kids and constantly striving to learn more and yeah. let's circle back around well two things one where did you have your babies um i had my babies at home so i was actually uh 16 whenever um i was pregnant with and gave birth to my son um and fortunately like a year before um, i was pregnant a midwife came and spoke at um, a child development class I was taking in high school. And I just remember at the time it kind of being like, wow, that sounds so much more in line with what I want for myself than the hospital model that I've always been taught and seen on TV. Um, so yeah, both my babies were born at home and it was all around awesome, empowering experience. And that's really something because we don't meet people who a lot of times have, from the midwifery perspective, have um, out of hospital births or community births with their first baby, and certainly not when they're under 20. So this is remarkable in two things. And I think it really speaks to um, where your mind's at. When you get your mind on something, your mind is on something and, and you go for it. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing is let's talk about tattoos. Like how serious are you? Because we, like, I saw this picture 
picture on Instagram and I'm gonna share my screen right now so that everybody can uh, see it. And I hope there's not all this like wackety stuff going on here. Um, okay, here it is. Here's a picture of Katie. Um, this is my Instagram account. And so look at this on her face right here. So here's um, on her chin, right? Like that looks fucking great, dude. That looks so good. So then I sent Katie a thing. I was like, we have to, uh, next time you're in town, let's, let's get facial tattoos. And Katie was supposed to see me last week and somebody had a baby. So it, like it didn't work out, but, um, which is what happens when you're a midwife. Somebody else always <laughs> having a baby, but, um, but like, can you do these tattoos? Like, I don't know. Can you tattoo your own face? Like, could you tattoo I me? Cause I want to do something. <laughs> I want to do something around my face right here, but I don't want to look like Ace Freely, you know, with a big star or Mike Tyson, you know, That's like, I don't want to, and, <laughs> and Kat Von D has all these stars, you know, but, um, I have a friend who, um, is a henna artist and I always have her like do all these intricate brown cause brown looks better. See, like on my arm, brown looks better mm -hmm. on my like white ass body, um, rather than blue or black, but um, and then when I look at like, you know, woad, indigo and woad were the things that were used, um, like kind of in my northern ancestry, right? Like I have a grandma that's Dutch and, you know, Scandinavia is kind of where my people are from, clearly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I think about something like that, like, you know, a blue or a, a brown or something, but something like filigree looking around my face, like around my eye, just kind of marking me as other. I've never thought of it as like a bisector thing, but something around mm -hmm one of my eyes so and I've been looking at my face and thinking oh why don't I have a facial tattoo since I was like 18 you know like I just didn't feel like myself so I don't know if it's like some ancestral memory or what the fuck but like I've been looking at myself going why don't I have this so okay well maybe we can talk Sedella into doing it <laughs> so just quick note on the color there's a gal that has pretty much your skin tone and she has um a word right here in like this pretty pinkish coral color looks amazing because it doesn't like totally take away from her face and it's not super distracting it's just a cute little accent there um where did you yeah, see that but, uh she's a friend on instagram um i believe we went to the same schools <laughs> we ended up um friends on there i'm gonna need that i'm gonna need that okay. later and everybody who's gonna watch later videos after katie and i see each other are gonna see it right here <laughs> yeah whenever and you were speaking of like since you were 18 just you know picturing yourself that way and that's kind of how the the line came about. Like the more I was intentionally, I guess, designing and working on who I am, that was just always there in those meditations and everything. Like that needs to be there. <laughs> so thinking blue. Right on, right on. I have a friend who's, um, I forget which tribe she's she's from, but she has three black dots or three blue dots on each side. Mm -hmm. um, she's a real thin white presenting lady but like it looks so great and she said she put it on um when she became a mother that's when she got it on both sides yeah okay and speaking of mothers we were talking a little bit about um you know you like i'm always trying to pressure everybody and to go to birth work because i think that some of the most radical social justice work is in birth work but that's not everybody's calling and certainly postpartum depression and mental health is one of the biggest fucking things out there especially for people of color um my indigenous people and my black community like that's the am i and i'm saying that in a way um that in my heart you know not like because mm -hmm. i'm clearly not black or indigenous <laughs> um or maybe it's not so clear about the indigenous but i'm not i'm just whitey mcwhiterton and so that in fact when we did that 23andme or the ancestry.com i like was it you who was all, you, we were talking about being rainbow white that you know like <laughs> 
just like 14 shades of boring ass white, which is fine, you know, <laughs> but I was just hoping, you know, somewhere there would be some like, you know, I don't know, but no, here we are. So, um, <laughs> rainbow white. Um, so, and birth work is rainbow white. So how do we are currently here in the U S so mm-hmm. what are you thinking or what have you been researching? What's been going on? So, um, as I mentioned to you recently, I was looking at um, social work and with all the you know changes that are happening in terms of who are we funding, who are we not funding, um, there's always been a need for more mental health <laughs> care, um, which I have experienced myself and with one of my kiddos. Um, so crisis work is what I was looking at, but obviously any kind of preventing (laughs) that could be done is amazing too and just yeah having that passion for women and their journey into motherhood um I was like wait a second yeah that thing that Rowan was always awesomely encouraging me to do um and so yeah just kind of starting from scratch um education options um different requirements and um basically where to dive in would be really cool well you know i want you to know that like um the population i work with is like probably 80 percent black and uh like i was, i've been starting every patient visit right now with a mental health screening like how are you what's going on i'm talking to them about maybe not protesting because a sovereign black autonomous pregnant body is a test of, is, is a it's a um it's a protest in itself you know so like i've just been really encouraging all my patients to be full of um you know self-care and and then one patient who like doesn't really connect with me very much she was like rowan i could get killed going to the 7-eleven at 11 o'clock at night so um i'm gonna be out there protesting and i'm pregnant with a black you know with a son and i'm she's black and uh i was like okay and she goes and i know you want me to get my daily walk-in so i can protest and walk and i was like <laughs> burn sister burn because she knows me you know because i'm always on everybody's ass to walk yeah. so um anyway she got me but <laughs> You know, the mental health screening is something I feed into as a midwife, and I only do that because my sister, Dr. Blythe, is, um, she's the um, mental health director for Preggers Can Be Choosers, and she's, like, on me, like, are you checking on people, what are you doing, are you referring out, you know, and we're trying to get some Medicaid um, support groups going here, and then we have that free court, you know, the free group on Tuesdays, right, so um, I absolutely think mental health screening can be done with people who are pregnant and postpartum and fertility and stuff, but that may be not the angle you want to come at it, right? Because that's not the primary focus of midwifery, although right. it's certainly one of the primary focuses for me as a midwife, you know, especially with the um, population that I that I work with that I love so much. So I could see where it could, if birth and um, if birth and mental health are super intersectional for you, then it would work that way. But if you want to go straight into um, mental health, that's cool too. I did want to tell you, do you know Mary Alice? Do you know Mary Alice Martin? Or I don't know, she has a new last name. Well, she's a blonde lady and she's white and she's got these long arms and she like waves them around all the time and she's super engaging. Um, (laughs) If she became like, if you meet her, you'd be like, oh, it's Mary Alice. So, um, And she, and I love her, and she knows that I talk about her like that, so, um, mm-hmm. but she's great, but she became licensed after I did, which was um, Valentine's Day of 2019, and uh, she's already gotten out of midwifery, so people come in and out of midwifery very quickly, yep. but Mary Alice and I did a birth together one time, it was a shoulder dystocia, and, um, and she just felt like, like in that moment, she goes, I know I'm not supposed to be here anymore, 
And she's somebody who was like you, like she was 16 going, I'm going to be a midwife, you know? So, um, but what she's doing is she goes, I feel like I just wasted all these years becoming a CPM. She's like early twenties, mid twenties. And I was like, no, Mary, I'll go back to school. She goes, I think I want to do mental health. And I was like, that's great. Because what's the number one, you know, complication of birth? Postpartum depression and anxiety and all this stuff. And it especially hits our folks of color. So if you wanted to, so I thought you maybe could do the Mary Alice thing, because if you don't have any credits or whatever, you can go to a school that has an associate's program for CPM, and then nobody will ever take that knowledge away from you. You will so intimately know how birth works, and what's normal, and what's not normal, and low risk, and not, and be able to counsel people, and right. share that 411. Like Mary Alice, to me, it will be one of the most valuable mental health workers there ever was. You know, and my sister's super valuable because she'll she'll text me during sessions. What do you think about this? Or is this, you know, a thing? I was like, oh, that's a thing. Oh, that's not really a thing, you know? Right. So, like, it gives you such a foundation. Like, no one will ever be able to take it. And if you're starting from scratch, get yourself an associate's in science of midwifery. And then that's your platform to grow on. That's my thought. And then you can always work as a birth assistant or a CPM at a birth center or whatever. And do you want to share what you just um, saw about the... Um, <laughs> birth centers yeah so um tulsa area obviously has a black community (laughs) and a native community and i'm scrolling through the um birth centers in the area and i mean it is just white woman white woman white woman white woman i think there was like a mixed uh childbirth educator and then um i should say white presenting I don't (laughs) obviously know how many of those are um, native but anyways so it was just like if I was shopping or you know meeting midwives (laughs) am I going to be able to relate to any of these midwives you know it's just it was a little alarming to see the options here and like I'm not 100% sure on um, Medicaid options but it didn't appear that, that, I mean, there was like financing available at the bottom of one, but um, I'd have to look more into that. Yeah, because Medicaid's a bunch of dicks. You heard me, Medicaid, (laughs) you're going to notice, side eye, and they make it incredibly difficult for providers to take Medicaid, you know, so you almost have to be in a place like where I'm at, where it's 100% Medicaid, Mm -hmm. like we're not even messing around. You can cash pay or Medicaid, those are your choices. And then other places that, you know, like kind of some of the other birth centers around us um, here in Houston are like, you know, everything's rose gold and bougie white people. And, you know, they pray before they, oh, there's a huge Christian influx and all this stuff too, which I'm not really, you know, like if you're Christian, that's cool, but it doesn't, being Christian doesn't prioritize or hierarchy, you know, like, I don't care, whatever you want to do, like, it's fine, whatever the theology is. So, um, yeah, the, and that's typical almost of every midwifery center, like, um, I'm the vice president for GHMA, which is a Greater Houston Midwifery Alliance, and people are straight up saying in this meeting, well, we used to only have three black midwives, and now we have eight, and isn't that great? And I was like, no, dude, it's not great. <laughs> I'm not going to pat myself on the back for that. Um, so, going into becoming a midwife, it may not be where you end up. Up, but it could be a good step. And one of the models that people are flipping out about now is that Dr. Blythe, my sister, she is, we're going to work out of a birth center, the Medicaid birth center, right? And mm-hmm. if she takes a student, 
This is Long Ridge. If she takes a student, that student can do Medicaid groups and see Medicaid patients as long as she's on site. And her practice is already booked. So if she has a student who's doing Medicaid visits and stuff, then like we're gold. We can start getting more people in the door and actually working out of the birth center. And then that's a passive revenue for the birth center to be charging rent to somebody, you know, like for office space, right? It's very like-minded. So that could be part of our long game. And you know what, Katie? I forget how old you are, like early 30s or 28. how old are you? 28. Okay. See, all this time, come on. Um, Katie's younger than my youngest daughter. Um, <laughs> see, this is how I'm turned into everybody's mother. But um, like you can be 30, you know, 38 and a doctor of psychology working out of a birth center, or you can be 28 or 38 and, you know, not, right? So like a lot of this is really long game. And remember, I didn't become a midwife, a licensed midwife until I was 48. So yeah. you it can always inspiring. like, you know, set the seeds. Yeah, it's always inspiring to see like the titles behind people's names and kind of see like obviously a very <laughs> small map of where they have been and where they ended up and that's that's kind of where whenever we were kind of bouncing ideas back and forth um becoming an rn just seemed like an interesting step as far as the many directions that can go right on and becoming an rn you know like there's lots of ways to become an rn and if there's a good rn program close to you then that that's a good option right and if there's not then you know screw it well find a different route but the deal with being um you can be a nurse and a cpm right you don't have to be um you don't have to have a master's in midwifery to be you know like that gives you the cnm right but i know lots of people who are rns and um, cpms and not cnms okay and cnms is certified nurse midwife um, some states you have to be a cnm to own a birth center so if that was ever on your radar then make sure that's not true in texas but it might be in oklahoma so i just wanted to right. throw that out okay um but when you are a CNM and you work out of the hospital, they don't like that. And the Board of Nursing will always be on your ass, okay? And one thing that happened recently with one of my preceptors, Jackie, is that a doula filed a complaint, filed a complaint to the Board of Nursing about Jackie. And um, it was three things that she was pissed about. And all three things were like really misconstrued to like make Jackie look in the where. Um, the worst light. One thing is that they ended up transferring from maternal exhaustion and um, Jackie um, had been up like all night and she had a curling iron plugged into the bathroom and when they were fixing to transport while it was cooling down Jackie was doing her bangs and mm -hmm. like getting her stuff together and so then she said that personal grooming has no place during an emergency transport. It wasn't an emergency transport She'd been up all night. The thing was already hot and she was, you know, cooling it down. And, you know, her bangs were in her eyes. And then when you go into the hospital, you have to give report and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And they hate you a lot of the times. So looking your best when you go in the hospital is important as part of the transport. So it was like, did that need to be reported to the board of nursing? Yeah. You know, it's like, this it bullshit. Yeah. And so then Jackie had to spend time like going and rebuttaling and all this stuff. And ultimately it was all resolved. But like, I was so angry on her for her, you know, so this is the type of stuff that can happen even from the community or from another nurse. Like um, I was at another birth where there was a stillbirth and the hospital wrote the nurse midwife up because um, we had sent that patient out to get looked at by an MFM and she'd been discharged from care and then put back in our care. And they said that um, the patient shouldn't have been seeing a midwife because she was seeing an, an MFM. Okay. 
<laughs> but we're supposed to, you know, it's like, it's fucking bullshit stuff like that. So notice there, there's going to be that type of shenanigans. And that's all before COVID because COVID is really changing the landscape of out of hospital or community-based birth. So one thing I know about being a nurse is you'll always have job security. You can always work L&D. You'll be the most favorite L&D, you know, nurse on there because you'll know all the tricks and stuff right? So nursing is not a bad way to go. If um, ever your relationship got on the skids and you had to like support your family, you could do it fine as a nurse, yeah. better than, you know, more quickly and more easily than as working as a CPM, although it's not, you know, um, the worst part being in a, C a CPM. You would have to get hired at a birth center though, because it's hard to be a single mom in a CPM with a home birth practice. Right. So, not that I'm like anticipating the demise of your relationship. <laughs> right. I'm just, I'm just trying to throw out the options, you know, you know how I am. I like I'm going to yeah. talk it all out. So. For sure. So does it stir any thoughts for you as I like throw out different options there? Or? Yeah, and being that the makeup here in Tulsa is what it is, it's just kind of like what I want to jump in with one of those existing birth centers, what I want to try to navigate the hospital system, um, would I ever want to open a birth center with a whole different new direction um so i think kind of like solidifying exactly what the end goal is would definitely help right because then you can reverse engineer it um right. a couple of thoughts here though um don't think consider yourself to open up a birth center unless you're an entrepreneur okay like yeah, that's, that's like <laughs> If you're not an entrepreneur, then don't ever, like, you wouldn't have to do that. You could just be a contributing person to a birth center, you know, like, or somebody else had the money and wanted to, like, because you don't have to be, in most places, you don't have to be a midwife to own a birth center. Um, so there are doulas, there are, like, gift shop people, there's consumers who wanted to have a birth center, um, and, and they couldn't find one, so they created one. So there are entrepreneurs out there, and I think that that will start happening more. So then you could be like, hey, everybody. I'm, you know, a uh, mixed race um, and also so that, you know, I have accessibility and I have all these different ways that I've grown myself and I'm an artist and all these things and I'm an asset to any birth center that would hire me, you know, well, and yeah. be a significant birth center. So, but I always want to say that the thing about a birth center though, is that that makes midwifery scalable, right? Because I can only drag my stuff to so many people's houses in 24 hours, but I could deliver five people in a row at a birth center, you know, as long as I had an assistant to help me clean stuff, like I could go. I can go, you know? Right. So um, there's that. One thing else. Oh, and I wanted to say, like, yeah, I get about, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it's like to be you. I, I never will. Not in this lifetime. But I know what it's like to be gay. And I know what it's like to be queer. And there are no out queer midwives in Houston. Okay. There's a couple of other ones, but they're not out. In yeah. fact, they're so deep in the closet that if I even look in their direction, they're shitty to me so that nobody will know. <laughs> oh, thanks. So yeah. I never had role models. And then I got on the queer um, midwifery group on Facebook. It's one of the only reasons it's on Facebook is queer and transgender. And I was like, oh, shit. And I did a peer review with them. And they were talking about, like, you know, being gay and nursing and, like, all this stuff. And it was just so normal. And I was, it's like me standing in little mantras, you know, here in Houston. I was like, oh, my God. It's just so, like, I feel my cortisol going down. But I don't know that here in Houston. All I know is, like, the Christian midwives talking shit about me in the other room where I can hear them you know, um, or, uh, you know, just the blatant, you know, disrespect of other people's theologies or anything like that. And it's exhausting. And I feel you. And it's not uh, up for everybody, right? So, uh, so I can relate on that level. 
Yeah. And there's lots of good like um, black and indigenous uh, midwifery support, like, you know, grassroots things. So you wouldn't, you know, like we have a virtual world now. So um, I guess I'm saying that there would be community that you could find that way. And I also want to pledge to you, you know, like if you got to the point, like as a CPM or whatever, because I see myself as like a finishing school for midwives because I work at the high volume birth center. So like if you get like three fourths of the way done, then come down and stay with me for a week and let's bang the rest of this out, you know, yes. like that's what I'm thinking, like volume wise with the birth center, because we were, our volume went really low and now it's like 35 a month. It's just like screaming. Ooh, yeah. So you know, soon it'll be like, how many students can I have with me? And let's, let's get this done. So awesome. Yeah, I will definitely hit you up on that one. <laughs> Another thing is like, you know, there's IBCLC and other ways to be um, contributing to empowering folks who have just had children. And then at the same time being, you know, a covert mental health worker too. Right. Yeah, that's, the, I feel like the mental health aspects, like, it wouldn't be, I have kiddos on the back end, <laughs> um, it wouldn't be as, like, head-on address specializing in just this mental health care for adults, um, but through the act of empowering women, listening to them, giving them that safe space to nurture and grow, like, that would be that would make a huge difference in itself. So that's why whenever we were bouncing ideas back and forth, I was like, hey, that's actually like, I, I could be a helper here. <laughs> Definitely a helper. And I think the whole idea of like sitting down and seeing what your end goal is, is a good way to like figure, like, you know, then you can reverse engineer it. Although we've talked about this before that I never knew that I was a birth center midwife. I thought I had my little old house and people would come over and it'd be so great. And, you know, don't worry about the chickens and did you need some eggs and all this stuff, right? And now I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm working at a Medicaid birth center. Woohoo, you know, and I love yeah. it. So, and you know, that's what hearing plan. you talk about that, I was like, man, that actually doesn't sound as bad as some people <laughs> make it out to be. It actually sounds like you get a lot more, I don't like the human connection that comes that route versus, as you said, the, you know, cute little old house with <laughs> perfect right. and everything. Yeah. And it's a different model, right? Because I meet people who are in labor. Sometimes I meet people who are in labor for the first time. Like that's when they've met them. And people are like, wow, how do you build a relationship or whatever? But I think people don't remember that if you go into a hospital, you know, if your doctor's on a call, you get who you get, right? And that's yeah. kind of the model of this Medicaid birth center. It's only me and mother and midwife, but you get who you get. And right. that's just how it is. And so, but I roll in, you know, heart first, right? So um, that's how, so a lot of people, I'm like, hi, I'm going to be your midwife today. And they're like, oh, thank God you're here. You know, they don't care that they haven't sat, you know, with me for an hour at a time. And, and that's kind of the bougie home birth model, right? And mm -hmm. that's not, that's not the look that I have, you know, like I'm in with each patient, maybe 15, 20 minutes before I get a tap on the door saying you need to hurry up. But yeah. at the same time, it's low intervention and it's love and it's whatever. Like I helped somebody have their baby, I guess last Wednesday. Oh, when I had to cancel with you. Mm -hmm. And so like at eight o'clock when they're leaving, um, the grandma yells to me because it was a single mom. The grandmother was a single mom and the person who was having the baby was a single mom. And the, they were, you know, she was in, she goes, love you, Rowan. Oh, I just, I just met them. It. Yeah. I met Sorry. her at 10 o'clock that night. Oh, <laughs> I did want to say that that is a uh, a special skill set in itself and not every midwife could just roll in and establish a you know trusting connection and i appreciate that about you well that didn't come natural that's completely a grown skill
Yeah. For real. I'm not, um, you know, when I was little, my sister um, was super gregarious, not going. And so we'd go to like the park or whatever, and she'd start playing with somebody. I'm like, what's your friend's name? And she goes, I don't know. And they'd be pushing the merry ground or whatever. And I was never like that. I was like, you know, shy, sitting off to myself, reading my books, writing in my journal, drawing some bad drawing or something. And then, um, so I just started deciding how would I like lead with my heart first and be more friendly and open and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely pulled that out as a professional persona. You know, like, okay, who's ready to have a baby? And, you know, like, and just really love. And then I also do a lot of coaching, you know, like, I'm a newer midwife. I'm going to want to chat everything out. Let's have a family meeting. Let's talk about this, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. And then here's the other thing about midwifery that is um, under acknowledged is I'm super consent based. So I'm always asking, is it okay to touch? Is it okay to touch? Mm -hmm. Um, I'd really like to do a pelvic exam so I can see what's going on. It's not necessary, but it kind of helps me. And then they'll ask me, like, you know, well, how many centimeters was I? And I was like, I don't really know. I can just feel how far the baby's head is in and how flexed it is. And that's what I need to know. And and this is what we're going to do now. And so um, right. definitely, like, coach myself and grew that myself. Okay. Well, you, if you keep thinking about what your end goal will look like, I'm still happy to always talk and rock talk and figure it out. In fact, I'll put this under the playlist of um, how to become a midwife, awesome. um, which I have going on in YouTube. So. Oh, and I want to tell you, I did this really terrible one-time video with Malia, who's, uh, she's a midwife, she's black, and she works up at the Addis, which is like white people okay. bonanza, and mm-hmm. then, uh, Malia's super dark, you know, and she's just so beautiful, and just like internally and externally, right, and so Malia and I did this video, and like, I was really pissed off, and my um, audio wasn't working well, and it had a big thing, like ScreenFlow said, like sample across the top of it or something, it was like the worst, most unprofessional video I've ever done, ever, right? And so one of my patients watched it and she goes, that was the best video I ever saw. And I was like, okay, okay. She goes, I knew I liked you before, but now I really liked you. I was like, okay, you know, so we'll just keep putting out content. It won't be glorious and polished, but we'll just keep talking, talking stuff out. Okay. So why don't you hit me up about um, the Mixed Art Project? Cool. And I did want to say you were talking about consent. Um, Blue, the uh, photographer, um, was so, so good about that. Like there were... Um, certain messages I was trying to get across, like the the hair comes with its own story. Um, so anyways, one of those is that, you know, friends and family members have frequently gotten the comment like, oh, it looks so much better straight. Or remember when your hair was straight? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, cool. So I guess that part of me is also not acceptable to you. But um, anyway, so anytime. Two words, we- one finger. two words one thing yeah so um but whenever blue was directing um the amazing our models in the picture um she was trying to like show tatiana where to put her hand and was very good about like can i touch your hair (laughs) before i just go in and do that thing that also happens to a lot of mixed kids which is like oh it's so soft immediate hand to the head and it's like cool but i didn't say you could touch me (laughs) so um, so yeah, the project, um, whew, as I said, it's been like decades in the making, but really came to full expression um, these past few weeks. Um, went to make a protest sign um, to attend here in Tulsa and wrote the words, we can't breathe in big old letters and then sat there and looked at it for a second and was like, is it going to be weird if I'm holding this sign and then like 
the fact that I even questioned myself turned into a whole thing, which was just, I've always been this mixed kid that grew up in predominantly white Katie and attended schools that, if anything, um, were more of, you know, Latinx, Hispanic community than black. That just, I mean, there was a few of us sprinkled in there. Um, and so, yeah, just like, I guess, how do I fit into this equation? What am I allowed to be? And um, just a whole bunch of questions that came up and super thankful that my sister, um, who is full black, my dad's daughter, um, was here to help me talk through it as well as Tatiana. Um, yeah, so Blue was able to, I mean, literally contacted her a few days before and was like, hey, I have this thing that I'm doing and I'm going to be in Houston <laughs> for this short amount of time can you help me out with it? And can I make a giant ass mess in your living room to paint these boards and everything else? So she was really awesome about like, take whatever space you need. I'm just honored to help you with this project. And then um, Tatiana and her friends, Rachel and Paige pulled through to help with arms as did my friend Corinne. You know, I, I looked at that picture, I saw it on Facebook and I just like, I couldn't breathe, like it took my breath away. And then um, we put up a blog post, which I'll um, link in here. Did you see it, the, the blog post that we the put up? Yeah, I so, um, Oh, okay. Um, we got um, your words up in this picture, but I saw that picture and I couldn't, I was just like, my heart was like, just, you know, clenched. And then we were um, putting it up. Dr. Blythe was helping me do it today. And we have this huge TV. Well, it's not, it's not, it's huge to me. And so the computer was hooked up to the TV. And so we were looking at it. And then I noticed how pale that hand was over your mouth mm -hmm. and how strategized that was. And I thought, oh, fuck, that's yeah. it right there. That's it right there. Yeah, there was like, there was literally just a list of like, all right, so we have forearms on the whiteboard side and forearms on the blackboard side. And each of these arms is going to represent an experience that I've had, a comment that's been made, something that I've felt, you know, throughout my 28 years. And um, it, I mean, came out exactly how I had hoped. I'm going to share the screen. And for those of you who yeah. maybe are listening to this as an audio, um, you can uh, go to preggers.rocks to the blog and see it. And I'll hopefully have it linked somewhere. Look at this. I mean, that's just... So tell me whose people, whose hands these are. Who, who are these people? Okay, so um, top of... Okay, actually, they're mixed in. So Tatiana is... Um, supporting my hair there. Um, her friend Paige is pinching and has the fist at the bottom. Okay. Um, and then Tatiana is supporting my elbow there. Okay. Um, my friend Kren, childhood best friend um, that I grew up with, and Katie um, is helping out with pulling the hair taut and straight, um, quieting mm -hmm. <laughs> um, my mouth. And then at the bottom, or Rachel's arms gripping my arm, like kind of pulling me that way, and then with the peace sign. Right on. Yeah. And, and this is awesome. uh, mm -hmm. this is with Blue um, Fitzcarraldo, who yes. um, is a powerhouse in her own right. Yes. Such a great photographer. Yeah, and she was. I mean, she didn't even. It wasn't just the photography that she did. She like bounced ideas back and forth. She's like, 
whenever you're explaining this, this is what I'm seeing, you know, does that vibe with what you're doing? So, I mean, it was full collaboration. I was super thankful for that input. Right on. Yeah. So, well, and where are you going to go with it? How do you feel now that you've done it? And where do you feel like this is going to go? If anywhere. Oh, man. So, I was absolutely, I mean, I knew there were other mixed kids in the country. I've never been close friends with any of them and never really heard about anyone else's experience. Um, so the hundred plus people who have shared it and the comments that have come on those um, posts, just like, I'm so glad for two seconds, these people who have basically no one to talk through what they're experiencing because they have their white friends and family and their black friends and family and you're frequently being swayed between both of those um i was just so glad they could feel like seen and understood for however long that, that picture brought them up i wouldn't say comfort but <laughs> you know I read this book called um, Far From the Tree, and it's about vertical and horizontal identities. I think we've talked about this before. And um, one of the a vertical identity is like, you know, like you went to high school and then your kids go to high school and then maybe they go to college, right? So it's a vertical identity. And a horizontal identity would be having a mixed race kid or a deaf kid or somebody who, for whatever reason, has an identity very different from yours. And it's hard to like get to that point to relate to them. Mm -hmm. And I really like and I grew up in El Paso, so, like, I know lots of folks that are um, Hispanic and white, or I think I knew, like, three people who were Hispanic and black, and I only knew one guy who was black and white, you know, had different mixed-race parents, because it just wasn't that common in El Paso. Right. Uh, and I also remember that I didn't recognize, I think maybe I told you this, that I didn't recognize, sorry, Edward Milton, that um, he had a black dad because I just knew everybody had brown hair and brown eyes and so did Edward Milton so in my mind he was Hispanic and you mentioned that in uh your comment that somebody misidentified you as Hispanic right yes it was a, a police officer he got pulled over in Fulcher Texas which borders Katie is predominantly white and <laughs> has really interesting statistics with their police force but um anyways get pulled over and He's like, review the information, make sure, you know, it's all there, it's all right. And I'm like, cool, name, address, whatever, it's all good. And then get to the bottom where you check what you are. And um, he has Hispanic checked. And I was like, I'm actually not Hispanic. I'm half black, half white. And he's like, well, you can only put one, so you got to pick one. <laughs> I was like, fuck, <laughs> this is not how I wanted to start my day with this big question. So, um Anyways, yeah, that, that experience, and I could only imagine whenever you're, you know, black mixed with, um, as a friend is, Peruvian, and then, like, well, you present black, but you also have this other cultural, you know, experience, so. One of my staff is uh, at the birth center, the medical assistant, she's, um, where is she from? I don't even know, actually. I think I always think it's like San Salvador or El Salvador or Colombia or something like that. Um, but she's very dark skinned and she has straightened hair and um, but is, you know, bilingual, maybe trilingual. Um, and people are always trying to, like, figure out what's going on there. And I'm always just so grateful that we because most of our staff is um, Hispanic and bilingual. Um, and then, you know, I'm like Whitey McWhiterton and so is the other midwife. And it's not like lost on me. The power structure of the two providers are white. Okay, I'm seeing that. 
Okay, one of them's gay and one's a set over 70, but okay, we're here. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just so grateful that we have, you know, at least one black staff, right? You know, like that's that's important to me. And I wanted you to know that, like, I have two students. One student is uh, queer and full, or, um, full of tattoos. Well, she's non They're non-binary and full of tattoos and straighters like myself. And then I also have a black student too. So, um, and that's exactly two more students that I feel ready to have. But like, I gotta, you know, be. Um, I gotta help people get pulled across a line here to become midwives, right? So. Yeah. Is is that the um, student that was featured in the blog post? Yeah, Deshaun. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was just dropped by her white preceptor. And there's like um, a backstory going on there that may come out later. I'm not quite sure what will happen with that. But, um, you know, there's, yeah, her white preceptor, though, like she came in with, um, who used to be one of my preceptors, she came in with pink um, braids. And they're like, that pink hair is like, you know, my pink and that's so unprofessional. And I swear everybody see like, oh. <laughs> that's interesting because <laughs> that's because that's been in my hair for a hot minute 2015 yeah so you know it was one of those like come the fuck on anyway and I can't do anything about that but what I can do is have my hand out and help people become midwives who want to be midwives so that we can um, have more diversity and serve the community because I don't want people who would prefer a black midwife to go with me because that's all they can find you know, and I'm not black, but I am other and I'm understanding and, and hopefully, you know, in the trenches and, and being um, a, the grittiest of fucking allies. But I don't want it to be like, well, I'll just go with Rowan because, you know, um, I want there to be selections. And if you go with me, it's because, you know, like she's real rad and yeah, she's white, but that's that's who I fit with. Not because, well, this is, you know, like this is what we got. So right. anyway, okay, well, with your art project, what are you going to do? Are you going to publish it some more? Are you just going to, is it a social media shareable thing? What do you, do you have yeah, a vision? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have a vision. I was just kind of throwing it out there as, hey, this is where I'm at personally in this moment. Um, but I think it does need to go farther based on the response and, um, you know, the people that it has benefited. Um, so, yeah, I need to, need to get on that. Well, we're both creative people and, you know, you could get nuts and do it all the way to like a spoon flower, you know, fabric printing, or you can make some cards or buttons or patches. Cause you know, like ho punks like me, we like us some patches. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, there's all sorts of creative things. It's just like pick one thing that, you know, who are the people you want to serve with this and what's the best, you know, vector or avenue for that. And then go from there and just focus on that and create that. And when you get that product, even if it kind of sucks, then, you know, do something else from there. So that's my best advice. And, you know, like I'm a chronic social entrepreneur. I'm always like happy to dish out yeah. <laughs> entrepreneurial <laughs> advice, even if you didn't even really want it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's about it for us. Um, for now though, so we yeah. love each other and we're going to be in each other's lives for a long time. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to say or how can people find you, follow you? What, what's your social deets? Um, so I believe it's Katie lady zero on Instagram, K A T I L A D Y zero. Um, you'll get a a nice patch of, you know, chickens, garden, (laughs) uh, books, all the things, food. Um, and then, uh, Facebook is kind of just more of a friends and family space for me. Uh, so Instagram would be the, the place. You're muted. I'm just sharing this real quick where you prefer to grow your following. So let's stamp this right now. You have 418 followers right now. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens. Okay. 
All right, and I'm happy anytime that you want to come in and use um, the Preggers.rocks platform or write a guest blog or whatever, you know, you're always welcome and I'm always happy to do that with you and share that with you. Um, and I don't have a huge following, but um, I'm rowdy enough that it picks up sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's what we have. Oh, lost my video there. Okay. I think that's it for us then. I love you tremendously. And when this is up, I will uh, share it and then I'll link it in the blog post, both the audio and uh, I'll probably do a podcast and uh, YouTube and we'll just see what happens. But the intention of this is that for people who see themselves in you, have somebody that they can relate to and think things through with and, you know, connect with you if they need to. And for people who look like me, who are like, what the fuck do we do now? We amplify voices, we share platforms, and we get in meaningful conversations so that we can um, grow ourselves as white and gritty fucking allies. And also being part of the solution, man. Like part of my biggest yeah. thing is I always want to be part of the solution. And if you, Katie, see a way that I am not being part of the solution, or you see there's a way that I could be a bigger part of the solution, then for sure give me the side eye <laughs> so that I can get my game on, okay? Will do. All right, I love you, honey. All right, love you too. And we'll get face tattoos soon. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> oh, thank you.